listening to Man Behind the Machine. Absolito. from your Apple Vision? Not yet, man. Not yet. Got another 10 days to wait. Whoa, and then you're going to get it? Yeah. Whoa. Yep. Okay. It's coming. Whoa. Yeah? Yeah, I heard that they're going on scalping on eBay for $10,000. What? Yeah, pe me, people are people are already listing them. Mm -hmm. Did you hear about that? I yeah. didn't hear the ten thousand dollar price point, but you know, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, they're listing it. They're gonna order it and put it up. Well, that's exciting. I bet you can't wait. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Pretty. I mean, every year you get a new iPhone, but it does like a couple new things. It's pretty rare you get the whole new platform. What's the first thing you're going to do with it? I'm going to turn it on and strap it on my head. Yeah? I don't even know what I'm going to do. I mean, it's like an exploration. Yeah. Just try to figure out what it can do and how it works for me and so forth. Are you going to work on any programs for it or what? Thank you for listening to Man Behind the Machine. Obsoleto. Okay. You know, it'll run in emulation mode just as an iPhone app. But you can find us on yeah, yeah, yeah. platforms. Thanks for listening. Oh. There's a bunch of errors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's written for iOS. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a voice, so. Okay. Yeah, it's cool. It's a whole brand new beginning. Something new to learn and understand. Experience, so that's cool. And you what? Do you, you? I thought you, I thought you had to go in the store to get it. No, you can go in the store, but I just chose to have them ship it to me. Okay. So if you, you go in the store, they give you a hands-on unboxing and everything. Oh, okay. I actually screwed up. I thought that um, I thought it was coming out this Friday, like in two days from now. Yeah. When I ordered it, so it was telling me. And, you know, when the order process, you're scrambling because you want to be the first one. You, you don't want to take too long to place the order or you'll get put to the back of the line and then you won't get it on time. So I was, like, just passing through very quickly. And it was like uh, <clears throat> I realized, oh, well, I'm going to be in L.A. on Friday and I'm going to be traveling in the air, airplane, so I can't really pick it up at the office So I just have it shipped to me. It was, was, I was off by a week and it's coming next week, not this week. So I could have gone to the store and picked it up, and there's going to be a special bag for it and so forth. I would have done that had I realized, but it's okay if they should pick it up, it's fine. <clears throat> but every... Yeah? But they did post the video online of the guided tour, so you can see that. 
I mean, it's better to try it on, obviously, but, but all the contents of the guided tour are actually. There's so many clickbait articles, I get so tired of it. Like yesterday, I don't even know who it was, and it doesn't matter. But they're like, why the I, why the Apple Vision isn't for you? And it's like, you know, how they just kind of... That's $4,000 to begin with. Right. Or, or one um, journalist who got one sent to him by Apple said, um, okay, I've used the Apple Vision, I don't even know what I'll use it for in my real life. So, how do you respond to that? Well, they sold 180,000 of them in 15 minutes. I mean, Jeez. <laughs> it, it is not for it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. The same way, yeah. even an iPhone is not for you. You don't hand an iPhone to a four-year-old kid. You got to wait till the kid's like 10 or 15 before you give them an iPhone. And even an iPhone is not for all people. Like, uh, right. a lot of people are abusing the misusing the technology and a lot of people walk around with phones that are probably a flip phone would be better for many people, but they have an iPhone, so the price point's lower there. But like, if you look at this thing and you're like, I don't know what I would use that for, and it's very expensive, yeah, you shouldn't buy it. You but shouldn't. if you're like me and you look at it and you're like, oh right. my god, like this would let me do 45 minutes of work in 30 minutes, and stop from getting interrupted in the middle and, and not getting it done if I can do that a couple of times a day every day I mean I'm too I've seen my output like it, to, to me it, it, if it can improve my efficiency and my ergonomics even a little bit it allows me to get so much more done in a way that's so much more healthy to my physical body that I can continue doing my career for longer and, and, and enhance my quality of life so for me, that's a no-brainer. Oh, you're listening to Man Behind the Machine. I got a Mac Pro. Um, I, I mean, a, a MacBook Pro. Yeah. I got an iPad Pro. I got iPhone Pro. When you add it up, I don't know, that's like $7,000 worth of equipment. And it's just a, it's just a laptop, an iPhone, and an iPad. Right. But I run my whole life on those things I run my whole career on those things I mean right, exactly. if you think well, about well, that, how much you spend yeah. for your car right. I don't necessarily need my car I can take an Uber but I do need my laptop and I do need my phone I can right. replace this with anything well so, that's your lifeblood like, yeah yeah. it makes yeah. sense for you yeah you're a so developer that doesn't seem so wild yeah right. and then if I could add on this new thing that um lets me have 20 windows open at a time instead of two windows that Jeez. I can see at once and hey like, what? that really helped me up to yeah, 20 windows like, at a time? well up to infinite number of windows it, it's wow. like basically an iP- you can run any iPad app but you have the window management of like a Mac but it's really broken outside of the Mac screen so you can have 100 iPad apps open if you want you can put them anywhere you want in the room that's and cool and you're not constantly switching back and forth trying to figure out where that that's thing was that's cool if I have three files open, I can put them all right there next to each other, big, and I'm not having to switch between them in context switch. So, right. yeah, it's, I, I think it's going to be a huge force multiplier for people like me. And like, yeah, that's cool, it, man. Like every day, I'm getting older, and there's someone newer coming along. Like, if you don't enhance your skills and learn new skills, you're falling behind constantly. And what I'm doing, so. It just gives me the ability to stay on the cutting edge and to take a leap forward. I need to do that. 
or, or someone else is going to do it and leave me behind. So this to me is like we were able to build a lot with what we have, um, but what we're building is getting bigger and more complex, and we need new tools to be able to build the next big thing. And that's this is the new tool that's going to help us build the next space shuttle or the next vision or whatever comes um, the next artificial heart transplant, the next um, brain surgery, the so, next like yeah, sure. Let me ask you this. Is the Apple Vision Pro the death of the personal computer as we know it? It's like the uh, dissolution of the personal computer. It's like as if it vaporized and then infused the space around us. Okay. So it, it just... If you smash the computer and explode it into a million little particles that then are in the air and in the wall and the table, and it's living all around us, and we can activate it just by touching it or talking to it, that's what this is. Yeah. So is it the death of the personal computer or an evolution? No, I mean... You know, like it, the, it, the it, idea it, of having a tower, a mouse, a keyboard, all the stuff that you got to plug in, you know... That already kind of has been on the decline. I mean, if you look at, first you had that desktop computer, then you had a laptop computer that combined it all, but it was portable, it was wireless, but it had keyboard, mouse, or trackpad, and screen. So it was that triad of screen, keyboard, and mouse, or trackpad. Then it got combined even further down into the phone, and it was just like this one piece of glass, and it was a screen that was also a keyboard, that was also a mouse, or a pointer, and you just touched it, you used your fingers, so that was kind of a new computing paradigm. Mm. Um, but this is a totally different human interface design where you don't need to use a keyboard, you don't need to use a mouse, like it's tracking your eye movements, and it's tracking your hand movements, and really adapting to you more. So if anything, I think this is more personal. Because they call it a personal computer because you, you can buy it, put it on your desk, and it's a one-to-one, one person has one computer. But right. really, the, the human has to do the adaption to the computer. The, the human, like you look at the keyboard, Q-W-E-R-T-Y, what is that? Like, why does it say A-B-C-D? Um, it, it's like, why do I have to move this mouse thing around to see a cursor on the screen? It's like the human's doing all the adaptation to give the input into the computer. Now, finally, with the Vision Pro, the computer is just watching the human and adapting to what the human does. So the oh. human doesn't need to do this adjustment so they get to a space where the computer can understand it. The computer can just understand what you want and what you're almost as if it's reading your mind. Oh. Wow, so it's computer-assisted. Oh. Yeah. I'm so sweet, though. And I imagine there's a lot of artificial intelligence in these systems, right? Yeah. I mean, just, just the way that it uh, <coughs> tracks you in space and it can track your hand movements and all of that is using AI under the hood. Not in a way a generative AI like ChatGPT, but in a way that deep learning, like you uh, 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 can have a system and then train it and then give it an input and get an output. Yeah. In a way that you didn't really build a, an algorithm per se, but you built a system that can learn and then respond.
So you know Apple history, and you know you 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 have a good handle on the company. How far back has the Apple Vision been in the works, and uh, has Steve Jobs was he a part of this vision, or no? Um, I don't know that that's knowable. Um, like we being on the outside can't know that, but I think. Um, general feeling is like this has been under development for no less than five years, maybe closer to ten years. Um, but even given that, that, that's after the realm of Steve Jobs' time. So uh, beyond you know, Steve Jobs, right? Quote, yeah, I think so. Um, there's this quote in the, uh, in the uh, Steve Jobs autobiography, yeah. the biography, where yes, if you reach a moment and you. I figured it out and he's talking about what is the interface for TV and it was like one of his visions of what is TV going to be like and maybe a, a Apple TV or maybe it was like a Siri remote where you just talk to Siri and say what I want to watch or maybe it was like the fact that now we have apps instead of channels to yeah. get the things we want and you don't really know what he meant by that Eureka I finally got it I finally cracked it is what he said um but we think it has to do with basically the way Apple moved into their content strategy for video and oh, okay. the, the interface being apps and voice to watch TV. So when um, Steve Jobs is writing this in his autobiography, he says, I've got this eureka moment, but he doesn't go into description of it. Is that correct? Right. Right. Okay. Um, so we don't but, know. But I think yeah, the yeah. We don't know, but I think I always thought the influence was like, the way we use Apple TV now. Yeah. Apple TV. The iPad. If you look at the iPad, what, what year did the iPad come out? Um, right. 2010, I think. Yeah, about then, yeah. Um, 2008 or 2000? No, because iPhone no, came out 2007, 2008. So I, okay, I think it was you know. closer to um, 2010, I think. And. <clears throat> That, that was an idea that Steve Jobs had in the 80s. And he built a wow. prototype of an iPad yes. in the 1980s. And yes. he would bring it around and show people. And it was just like this small sheet of glass, this little rectangular prism um, that was like the size and shape of a notebook, basically. And it didn't function and it wasn't electronics. It was just the form factor. But he would show it to people and say, This is the future. It's going to be just a sheet of glass. And we're going to see everything. Wow. We're going to touch it could be completely wireless and it took 20-30 years until the technology caught up with that vision so it's hard to know what he was thinking and how much he thought about this or knew about this or this I mean at that time they did have the, the, the somewhat approximation of this technology was available at like at Brown University they had the team in the late 90s and that was like a fully immersive um, video well, they had, they had, yeah, and they had touch screen pens, screens, computers back going back to the sixties. Mm-hmm. You know, light pens, right? They had those, um, mm-hmm. right? Some of the technology existed. So we had to be aware. Right. Now this is we're talking about like a million dollar installation, or hundreds of thousands of dollars for fighter pilots and for simulation, you know, training simulators and things like that. Really, 
super expensive high end use cases that, that where it makes sense to spend a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars on something like this because if you crash a real plane it's going to cost millions to replace it so you don't want someone training in a real plane but right. so i think you had to have some awareness that like this is a future technology but i don't know if you felt like the whole spatial computing thing of I'm not sure how he felt about that because notoriously he had ideas he felt were bad. Like he, he thought the iPad at first was a bad idea, uh, the smaller iPad, and he said you'd have to shave down your fingers. And oh, he thought it was a bad idea? Yeah, to do the iPad mini. Oh, okay. Um, he thought putting iTunes on PC was a bad idea. Um, there, there were a lot, and, and that totally eclipsed, I mean, that iTunes on the PC is what enabled the iPod to really take off. Right. And yeah, uh, you're uh, looking at them. You're looking at one of them. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I had, I had a G, yeah, I had a G4, I had a G4, but I did have to install iTunes on Windows at some point to get something working. So, yeah. yeah. So that that a lot of people didn't have a G4 and they would have never bought an iPod, iPod without iTunes on Windows, but that was a, he thought that was a bad idea, because he said, why give people a reason to buy Windows? We should force them to buy a Mac if they want something as cool as an iPod, and that ended up being the wrong idea. The right idea was just give it to everybody, and then they're more likely to buy it, and then you had this juggernaut with the iPod that totally changed your whole industry, and enabled us to then move into the iPhone, and on and on and on. So, it's just hard to know. uh, Right. So Tim Cook is the brainiac behind the vision then? He gets the credit? I don't think so. I mean, Tim Cook, if you have to give Tim Cook credit for something, I mean, he's really been a good steward of the Apple brand and product. I mean, he's really an operational execution guy, and he's done great at that. But if you had to look at any legacy of, like, a product that he built, I would say services. If you look at Apple's file, you know, they do their quarterly earnings call and so forth, and yeah. they talk about, like, how much money they made from iPhones and Macs. And, um, uh, about five years ago, they started pushing this new segment called services. Yeah. And they have wearables, that's another one, so that's, like... Uh, the watch and the AirPods, and now it's going to be the Vision. The Vision will go into the wearables category. But he really, I feel like it was his idea to say, we're going to have this thing, a new product that's called services. That is, uh, we sell people cloud storage, and we sell people apps, and we sell people. We're going to not just have the app store on its own. We're not just going to have iCloud on its own. We're not just going to have Apple Music or Apple TV Plus. We're going to combine all those things into this new product that we call services. Mm. And watch how this grows. And watch the profit margins on this. Because when you have a hardware product, it's expensive to source all the material, build it, assemble it, test it, throw away the rejects. Um, and then you right. got to put a markup on it and you got to compete in the marketplace. It's like really hard to make a profit on a hardware product. Yet a software product that's a purely virtual digital product, the profit margin in a sense is infinite. Um, it costs next to nothing to host that and to distribute that. I mean, there is a cost. It's not an infinite market, but you can yeah. make double, triple, quadruple the market that you can make on a hardware thing. So to say, you have a free product, 
has got a new higher margin, profit margin, and it is just growing. Every year it's growing, 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 and now it's getting really big. The question for so long was, what's next after the iPhone? They need a new hit, and how could you beat the iPhone? The iPhone was the most successful product in the history of the world. Um, how could you follow that up and have something even more successful? It's like really, really hard. It, it may be impossible. Um, yet this services thing, everyone just needs it to operate all their other digital life. So it caught on and it's been growing a lot. So I think that gave Wall Street a story that was like, oh, they do have a new product. And it is, I mean, if you look at the growth of the company and the, the, the growth of the value, the valuation of the stock and market cap, he just killed it. I mean, there's no single CEO, I think, that's more responsible for a success of just heralding the brand and the company in the eyes of the world. Uh, you know, the other thing he did really well was navigate the whole China thing. First, they broke into the China market oh. using China as a partner. Now they're divesting from the China market to, to an extent, and he's been able to do this all diplomatically and strongly, but without hurting anyone's feelings or offending anyone. Um, like I think even more so than like Trump. I, I, I mean, the president, like the presidents, are supposed to be the ones really doing uh, international diplomatic relations. Tim Cook is the one in there doing the, the diplomatic. Relations. I think I think that Steve Jobs made the right decision when he chose Tim Cook to usher forward Apple into the next century. Right. You know, like... He's, the right, he's proven that he was the right person. Yes. Yes. And I think Jobs knew he needed to place it in capable hands. Right? Mm-hmm. Um... Yeah, I was just curious if... I mean, I know all these engineers worked on the vision, but I was just curious if, like, this is his legacy. You know, like, I understand what you're saying about services, but to the outside world, they want to look at, like, the technological, physical part. What what well, what can he do now that Steve is out of the picture? So right, you're, say, you're saying he's not going to get credit then? No, I think... Time will tell. I, I mean, he has been heralding um, AR and VR for quite some time, mainly AR. Okay. Um, sort of wink, wink, nudge, nudge. He knows something's coming, but they've been building it out in the open for agents with the way they um, built the pipeline for um, what's what you call it, the uh, 3D formats that, that, that are inherent in the system and the authoring tools. And, um, they've been doing these AR, AR kit and AR experiences on the phone, even though we know it would be better on a headset, like if there was not headset, yes, we could do it on the phone instead to approximate the experience. I'm like, I, I think he has brought the concept of AR to Wall Street a lot, and he did it in a slowly measured way, uh, and now we see the final end game or parts of the end game. Mm. So I think take credit and like I think also he was responsible for shipping it in its current state like I think probably a lot of people inside Apple would have said it's not ready yet you need another two years to shrink it more to get the frame rate up like like this is a compromised device they did the best thing they could do at a 
most reasonable price point they could meet, but it's not a consumer device. Not everyone's going to be buying or using it. So that will come three years from now when the price is closer to $1,500 rather than four grand. Um, when it's not this huge thing that's covering the face, maybe it's smaller, maybe it's more transparent. I, I don't know what that's going to look like in the future, but um, I think he forced their hand. Tim Cook said, no, we've been working on this long enough. We spent uh, hundreds of millions of dollars on this already. We need to ship something. We need to show what we're doing. Um, we need to ship this and give, uh, let people see what we did and just sell it. Like I think he forced it to go in its current form factor. Maybe ahead of the time, a lot of people inside Apple would have preferred it. Um, and I think part of that is like, probably he's getting old. I, I mean, he's been doing this job a long time. It's not an easy job. Um, mm. He's rich as heck at this point. He probably, he says he's never going to retire, but I don't know. I think at some point he's going to want to retire. And I think he could do a lot of great things. He says he wants to spend the rest of his time at Apple too, but I think he could do a lot of great things outside of Apple. So, or maybe be on the board of Apple, but not doing the day-to-day CEO stuff that is a grind and a heck and a half. Um, it's just like, he, he's got to kind of put a pin in his legacy, like you're saying. And this is a part of getting over the to wrong where you're saying, well, I, I, I did the watch. I did services, I did this Vision Pro, and, and I started this whole new platform, and once that's out, and got a pretty stable uh, foothold, then he could retire realistically and say he's got this great legacy. So I think it could all factor into that, but I'm just, you know, just guessing like everyone else. Mm. Well, you're going to be able to put those goggles, the goggles on, and and witness the sheer, sheer genius of all these engineers and this momentous, you know, point in history. Yeah, that, so much work got put into this. It's you so know, the, you're probably going to see in the history books. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to change technological teaching about things as well in history. And, you know, yeah. and who knows what how it's going to impact but I think we've seen a shift, you know, and some people are still going to want a traditional keyboard, you know, right? And you can use a traditional keyboard with this, so you can just have a Bluetooth keyboard that you oh, can yeah? plug in. Oh, yeah. But yeah, it'll hook up to a keyboard and you can just Sweet. type it if you're doing like long form writing and uh, that works better for you, you can do that. Okay, awesome. Yeah, about the Palm Pilot comment. I am deadly serious, bro. Have you ever used a, a, a Meta Oculus? I have. Uh, I've used Oculus Quest. Okay. What was your impression? I mean, it took time to get adjusted to it because of the nature of VR, you know, and there's all these controls that I have to be aware of because I was using the handheld. You know, the hand oh. controllers. Oh, so no one set it up for you. You had to do, you did it yourself. Well, it was my buddy's, yeah. He's got the, the Quest, the Oculus 
Quest and the hand controllers. But uh-huh. it's not like, you know, I was getting tutoring, like, in the moment. Like, I had already put yeah. on the goggles. You know, you I... can't see him while he's tutoring you. I mean, yeah. And, I mean, I played Star Trek on it. Very cool. Very impressive. I don't know. It just takes an adjustment, you know, to be able to do that. Um, I, I don't know. Have you tried the meta? Well, I just used it last week when I was in L.A., and the thing was, I just couldn't get it to fit nicely on my face, and it, it was like the plastic nose thing was just crushing my nose, and oh. it kept shifting, and it might, I had to fit my glasses in between the screen and my eyes, and it was like, so it was moving around, but if it moved even a little bit, it would all go out of focus. Oh, okay. But I was playing Beat Saber, so the whole point is you're moving around, so it's constantly either shifting down and crushing my face and the bridge of my nose and my glasses, or shifting back and sliding just a little bit out of focus. So nothing was ever in focus, like 50% of the time it was out of focus for me. And by the time I played one, one game, I was like, that's enough. Really? You know, I didn't want to do anymore because it was really just uncomfortable. Like, it wasn't a good fit. Uh, I, I, I would need prescription lenses to use something like that. But I tried it without my glasses, and I couldn't see anything. So that was pointless. Oh. Um, so I had to wear my glasses, but it wasn't really made for that. So that, that was part of the problem. Like, But it just didn't feel comfortable at all, and, and I don't know how I could wear it for more than 10 minutes okay so not and impressive and that's why I say Palm Pilot because Palm Pilot. people used to use Palm Pilot people used to use a trio but they don't use that anymore because right. it really sucks and they only used it because they had to but as soon as there was something better they used that instead and and they would just not choose a Palm Pilot and that, that's what I think that Oculus like it really hit its peak popularity. And your story is the same as other people's. It's like, oh, I used an Oculus. It's not like I used it every day or I'm using it still. It's like I used it, I played with it a while, I put it away, I haven't right. used it in a few months. So nobody's using it. So it could just literally disappear and not be the Android to the Apple Vision Pro's iPhone. It but, might just be buried in the dustbin of history and never go anywhere. But isn't that alarming, ironic, or whatever you want to call it, that instead of him saying, we want to beat Apple, the guy's, like, giving up. The guy's like, we're just going to be like Android. I think he knows a lot more than we do about the space, and I think he's speaking the truth. I mean, he's saying what he believes, so... Yeah, but that doesn't say much for his confidence. If you want to be second best. Mm. Right, and there's a reason for that is what I'm saying. We, right. we both used it. He used the same thing we use, And it's just not good at all. Like, it's unusable. Like, like I played with that woman's uh, Oculus for yeah. five minutes. And I would never pay even a dollar. If you gave it to me for free, I would say, no, thank you. I don't need to give it to someone else who appreciates it. Yeah, but in all honesty, aren't you a little biased? Uh, Don't you uh, think you're... Okay, just giving him the benefit... not having physical discomfort. (laughs) Right. 
But you, so you're not biased against it? It's no, I, I asked to use it. I went into it with an open mind. Open mind. Because like, uh, I had heard Beat Saber's cool, yeah. and it's supposed to be the killer app, and it was so good that Facebook bought them, and now it's exclusive. So I know I won't even get to try it on Apple Vision, so I was like, oh, okay, never, you know. Yeah. Let me, at least she's got it, let me try it. So I was excited to try it. And, and like, the game part of it was cool. It was just unplayable because the thing was so heavy and uncomfortable and not fitting me properly that it was moving around and I couldn't even see it so like they need to solve that problem or, or there is no product to it. that's the thing and I, I just think this is not good enough there's a bunch of garbage that people don't buy because it's not good enough and, and right. maybe some of it ends up at the dollar store and someone else is willing to pay a dollar even though it sucks I don't know like right. maybe if the oculus costs a dollar a lot of people would buy it just to check their email because it's cheaper than an iPhone. So maybe to them it makes sense. That's funny. Well, I mean, why has it taken so long for VR to get off since the 80s or, you know? Because it's really, really hard. Okay. And it's like fundamental laws of physics and uh, advancement in technology are converging. Uh, it... It's the most complicated device ever built. That's what it takes to enable this. So it's going to take many iterations, I feel like, to get it great. Um, and Facebook's currently just sucks ass. And no one will buy it or use it. And if you go online and look around, a lot of people are saying they tried it and they didn't like it. Mm. So uh, that doesn't bode well. Like, like, why would you buy a Quest Three uh, if you bought the Quest Two and it's not that good? Right. I don't know. I think we'll see how good the Vision Pro is, but I think Apple did the right thing in pricing it so high and making it so awesome. So it at least had a chance of being good enough. I think they used these other headsets and realized no one would want to be using this. Uh, Jeez. So. Have I ever told you that when I go to the resale shop, um, there's like a graveyard of VR goggles. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. People give them, they donate. It's a charity, the store. It's a Christian charity. And so people donate. I mean, think about it. Did people buy the, bought these goggles? Now they're selling for $2. You know, right, right. It's, it's and is anyone buying them, or are they just sitting no? There they just sit there and they pile up and they keep putting them there. So they'll be recycled, I guess. Apparently, or they just dump them in the garbage at some point if people don't buy them. Yeah. So I don't think I'm going to be dumping the Vision Pro in the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the Palm Pilot. Windows CE. Palm Pilot failed because it was competing with Windows? I think it failed. It, it was competing with BlackBerry. BlackBerry. BlackBerry really took out Palm Pilot and then iPhone took out BlackBerry. Okay. And Samsung. 
but even before iPhone, Windows came out with their own phone. Yeah, they had Windows Mo- and after iPhone, they also came out with Windows Mobile. Before they had Windows CE, and after they had Windows Mobile. Yeah. I remember my buddy showing me his Windows 95 cell phone back in the day. Whoa. Yeah, he spent like a mint on it. 1500 or something at the time? Yeah, it's like a business machine. Yeah. I'm like, Windows 95 phone? You know, and I don't even know if he needed it. But, anyways, interesting. That you used the Oculus Quest, and then what? It, how did you say? Did you when she said, did you like it? What did you say? Mm. Uh, I just I was like, okay, I'm done. Um, thank you. <laughs> you know, that was cool. I didn't, I didn't trash it then. I mean, I, she could see I was struggling trying to get it to work with my glasses. Oh. Oh, you you put it over the glasses. Yeah, you have no option. So by trying it out, this confirms to you that it's not the same as Apple Vision, right? Well, I haven't tried Apple Vision, but I, I just... It's easy to think it's cool when you haven't used it, and then when you use it, it it's really uncomfortable, and that's not a good thing. That right. can't work. And you got to use it to realize... And I talked to VP of virtual reality or something, director of virtual reality or something at PwC. He got promoted mm-hmm. to be fully about the mess. He's like, oh, no, they got to get the weight way down. And it just gets sweaty inside of there, and, like, I'm not about it. And I was shocked to hear him say that because really? he's the director of virtual reality at a big company. And, and he's talking about vision? Or no, Quest? Said, well, this was right when they announced it. Oh, he okay. hasn't tried Vision yet. Oh, okay. Um, so. But he's talking about the weight of the Vision or the Quest? Everyone that he's used, ah, not mm-hmm. including the Vision. He, he, he was reacting to the Vision based on his experience of using all these other headsets that were not the Vision. And he's saying, well, I'm not excited about it. These things are way too heavy and, and uh, sweaty on your face. Well, maybe there's something to the Google Glass, you know? Like, if they can make it that light, where it's like putting spectacles on, is that the answer, eventually? Just a different product. Different product. Or an evolution of it. Okay. Yeah, I can't open it before she gets... She she has to peel the label off that. Yeah. Must be there for the unboxing, she says. That's awesome. When are you getting it? Friday. Whoa. And they just confirmed my shipment for my prescription lenses that go in. Okay. It's going to take some Did time to It's going to take some time to get used to it, huh? Oh wow. Yeah. Um hey bro, what Great, great reviews and the, the images are amazing that yep. you know the 4k video of the person sitting there in the environment I mean I don't know man it looks sci-fi to me 
I mean, isn't isn't that like what we imagined in the movies years ago? Or like with Star Trek, where they did the hologram? Totally. And I, I don't know, what are your thoughts? Uh, I mean, it's futuristic in so many ways. It is like the holodeck or the hologram, but also just being able to, um, you, you know, that the computer is watching your eyes and yeah. watching your hands and body, and it's... It's such a lightweight interaction. You know, you look somewhere and that comes into focus. You tap your fingers and you select it. It's um, really the computer more molding to us instead of vice versa. So, yeah, I, I think it's a really immersive. We're going out. We're we're going from the point where it's like you walk up to a computer and interface with the computer to. The computer's all around you, surrounding you all the time. Yeah. But you're inside the computer. Mm. So, but I think, like, uh, from a greater perspective, spatial computing, this is the first desktop spatial computing platform. Yeah. If you want to, it's not desktop, but, but you know, um, a terminal, if you want to call it a, a personal, it's a personal computer into spatial spatial computing but actually like spatial computing also covers like so many other things um like like for instance self-driving um self-driving to have a self-driving car you have to have a car that is filled with sensors aware of where it is at all time Uh, if you look at the tesla and you look at an apple vision pro they're not too different at a fundamental level if you took the tires off the Tesla and instead strapped it to someone's head, like it, there's, it, it knows where it, it's got gyroscopes, it's got other type of motion sensors, it's got cameras facing out, um, it's got cameras facing in, it's got a display of what it understands of the world around it, su- superimposed on top of the world around it, and then. Um, as you move through reality, it knows where it is, it knows where, what's happening, and it reacts accordingly. And that is kind of a pretty good description of the Vision Pro also. So yeah. really, this is just one part of spatial computing, but spatial computing as a, a sector is going to be more pervasive, and it's really going to upend a lot of different industries Wow! as it rolls out. Let me ask you this. I know you say, you know, the... This is the first spatial computing platform or computer, mm-hmm. you know, or si- spatial computing system. But yeah. in your studies, either in engineering or in the history of computing, anything that you studied, were people talking about this? As a- oh, yeah, they've been talking about this for a long time. I mean, even in the 90s, like, they had, they had the cave at Brown University, which was... Not exactly the same, but it, it it was like it was more virtual reality instead of augmented reality. But I think you didn't even have to wear a headset. Um, I think you just wore three D glasses. But um, it, it was a whole room that was like a hollow deck that wow um, showed the, the reality around you. The and, cave. Yeah, the cave. That's what it was. And you saw this, or you saw it in the, like the yeah. history book? No, no. I I went to it. I, I saw it in a history book, and then I went and got to use it. Oh, at wow. Brown University, yeah, 
and uh, it, it was, it, and we each only got like a five minute demo, um, and, and they spent millions on this room, but they had projectors. It, it was a five sided cube, so the the one side of the cube that was missing is where you enter through. Yeah. But then the three walls and the floor and the ceiling all were covered with projectors. 3D projectors, and then it would track your head and your hands, and it would know where you were and what you were looking at, what you're doing, and react to that. So that was happening in the mid '90s, and it was completed by like year 2000. It was done. So. Um, and 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 how and, and was that an amazing experience? The cave. I wouldn't say it was amazing. It was cool. Um, no. It was a lot of, it, it was more like a proof of concept or a demo. Um, and part of it was just about being immersed inside something where you could be inside. One of the demos they give was about protein folding and there was a huge, there, there was a molecule that was a protein and you zoom down inside of it and then you're inside of it and you can look around at the different atoms and the bonds and so forth. And, um, it, it was a cool demo, but, to me, it didn't feel magical. Like really? a magic trick, for a magic trick to work, the, 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 the technique, the mechanism that makes it work has to be hidden from sight. Uh-huh. Because if you know how the magic trick works, it's not magic anymore. So th- this was kind of like that. that y- you know, the mechanism that made it work, it was all right there. It was a huge apparatus all around you that you're wearing that you're inside of it 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 was like wow this is a really cool technology demo but this is not magical because i i see how they're doing it i think vision pro it's more like a pair of glasses you put on and and you don't see them pulling the strings around you it just works so um but for for me i i the killer app is not some super futuristic thing It's, it's really just a big nice monitor for my desktop that's going to make it easier for me to do my job without scrunching over leaning into a computer screen all the time i can lean back i can make the screen big um i can sit how it's comfortable for me without adapting my own body to the the profile of the computer so i don't need a lot of magical my use case for it, what I, I'm going to use it for, is pretty narrow, and then I'll, get, I'll inherit all the rest of it by default, and I'll play with that too. But um, really, for me, it's just a productivity tool. Right. Um, so. Exciting. It's going to be like uh, Christmas or Hanukkah tomorrow. Yeah, it will be. Oh, yeah. Uh, Please April. promise me do not open it until I am home. Please do not. Yeah. Exciting. And, uh, she said... If it gets here before she does, I gotta go pick her up early from school. There you go. If I want to. That's funny. It's uh, uh, I like I said, I don't, I wouldn't know where to begin. But obviously, you have your work, so you probably have ideas. But you know, it's well, like, how, you, know, you know, do you go to the like, do you go to the uh, Yellowstone National Park? Um, yeah, all the way to the moon if you want. But well, really, you could just also go into your email or go into your photos and just browse your content you can open your notes application and and look at your notes so you can do very simple things too um you could go to the app store and browse the apps and see what's available yeah there's going to be over a million apps available at launch because 
they're opting in everybody automatically. So if there's an iPhone or iPad app that, that you have, you're just going to right off the bat be able to install that and use that more than likely. Developers can opt out if they want to, so some won't be available. Um, but yeah, it, it, it'll do the basic things too. Yeah. You saw that video I sent with Brian Tong where he, he played with the DJ set? Very cool, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. There's another there's another section in there where he watches basketball yeah. and it's the, the NBA app. That that's another one you oh. should look at. That's just amazing because it, did you ever go into one of these sports bars that specializes in showing the game and they have like thirty TVs? Yeah. You can build that for yourself in the Vision Pro and you can be watching to five different basketball games wow. at the same time and have one big in the middle and the other four smaller on the sides and then you can have the stats on the left and then you can it's like just amazing um what you can do in there so it is exciting i think it's going to unlock a whole new uh set of possibilities for people and i haven't put too much thought into it because i i'm just cranking along doing my thing you know i've been going through a lot i have a lot on my plate yeah so I didn't yeah. do any development. I, I, I'm like, I'm just going to be a user. When it comes out, I'm going to get it. Then I'm going to start using it, and we'll see what happens. So I haven't been planning too much. Um, I, I think it'll just naturally. And and then the other thing is like, how comfortable is it going to be for your head, your face, your eyes? Right. Um, is it going to get annoying after 30 minutes or an hour or two hours or four? Like, how much can I really wear it? Like. Am I going to be wearing it all day, or am I going to be wearing it one hour at a time, just for certain tasks? And that I don't know yet. Like, uh, we'll have to see. Well, you can carry it around you the whole time, depending on how uh, heavy it is on your head. You know. But yeah, yeah you're right. I mean, it's like there know. was one interview a demo by Joanna Stern, and, and she's cooking it, and there's a, a recipe. Oh. There's an app called Crouton, and it gives you the recipe, and she chooses the recipe, and then it just takes you step by step, and, and like, so she's able to cut the mushrooms and everything, then she puts the pasta in the pot to boil, and it says, okay, seven minutes, and it creates a timer, and it puts a timer over the boiling pot of water, Oh yeah. and then she starts the sauce, and she starts putting stuff in that pot, and then that gives a different timer over that over the pan so it's like she's got two timers going on the stove for two different ingredients um so that was pretty cool i mean to think that you, you could be using this to help you cook i mean i don't know probably that's not so necessary but maybe if i were repairing an engine that then it would make more sense like um so those are very high-end uses that that will come out in industries where there's a lot of money involved and it, 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 there's going to be a return on investment for those industries. Mm. Um, and, and those aren't going to really apply to you and me very often, but um, that's where a lot of the innovation will come from. I'm excited to see. You're going to be like Superman. Yep. With coding. Yep. And then also it's just about, um, you can just do a FaceTime call and, you know, you can have that connection and uh, yeah, the FaceTime cool. call is way better on the vision because you can um, 
put different people in different places like you would have them in a room you, yeah. you know, did you ever have a zoom call or something and there's like a few people and they're all kind of in that grid of faces yeah i mean here you could break each face out and uh, that's what i don't like about the calls we do i have to side scroll just to see who's in the room right exactly. it's annoying and then like you might pin one person and it's just you don't like, zoom controls who you're seeing at what time. Oh, there's Martina. Kitty cat's back. Um, so this way you can break out each individual person's window and put it where you want it. Wow. Pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty Martina. amazing. Yes, sir. Was it cold out there? Huh? Okay. The little cat came back and talked to It was 54 degrees yesterday here. Oh, nice. Very, very uh, mild. In, inside the computer. You are listening to Man Behind the Machine. Don't try to move. I am on board the Enterprise. That's right. A futile maneuver. Incorrect strategy. Number one. To risk your crew and ship to retrieve only one man. Picard would never have approved. You underestimate us. If you believe this abduction is any concern. There is no need for apprehension. I intend no harm. No harm. I will continue aboard this ship to speak for the Borg. While they continue, without further diversion, to Sector 001, where they will force your unconditional surrender. Virtual reality, augmented reality. Sounds a bit complex for most people. What actually stands behind all this technology and how can we apply it in our real life? Will it help us save time and money running our business projects? Jean-Philippe, uh, you are a strong promoter of virtual reality across Switzerland. So you always speak about virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. What is the difference between all these modes? Yeah, in simple terms, Good morning, everyone. Great to see you. Thanks for being here. I, uh, I like the people in the second section getting an update on VR and AR and a good suntan at the same. Good, good. At the Augmented World Expo in Silicon Valley, you're out of place if you are not wearing a headset. Put them on and you can glimpse the future. Horizon. 
in a restless search for new opportunities and new ways of living, the mystery and the promise of distant horizons always have called men forward. First wondering, then searching, then continuing to explore, men have moved on and on, always to find that old horizons opened the way to new horizons. In a search that has continued for centuries, some far distant view with its promise of the unseen and its promise of the unknown has forever fathered the impulse to seek for new things in new places. New horizons, roads for men to go places. been wondering, what is the distinction between you and me? The body is important, but it doesn't seem to be essential to being a human. In fact, Humans are constantly trying to overcome their physical limitations with technology. In Japan, there is a belief that everything, from a tree to a rock, has a soul or a spirit. Revenue from virtual and augmented reality could reach $120 billion by 2020. But what will the future of this advanced technology look like, do you think? CBS News Science and Futurist contributor Michio Kaku is a physics professor at the City University of New York City and joins us once again at the table. It's good to see you. Glad to be on. I remember being at a conference, Charlie, 15 years ago. It was the Allen Conference, and they talked about how years you'd be able to take your telephone, take what pictures, makes humans exceptional. On. Is there anything only humans can do? Maybe it is the ability to doubt. What are you thinking about? What do you want? Are you happy? Or are you sad? 
Maybe what makes humans exceptional is the ability to deeply understand and believe in each other. Humans think, feel, and move completely on their own. Then why are you scared of me? Why do you need to feel so fearful?
ATI 0044100100 plus all balls plus 
potential and kinetic energy. Let's get started. Kinetic energy is the energy an object has because of its motion. An object can store energy based on its position. This is called potential energy. On Earth, imagine dropping an object in a range position. Which shows the base of Saturn V here, done on 16 millimeter film at 500 Now, this particular camera was started at five seconds prior to work. Now, at this speed, what you're going to see in this full eight. Well, if you want to simulate, for example, a building, you put on the goggles, you start to move tables, chairs, stairways. And if you're a military man, you want to change the battlefield, or you can't woman. do that. Or woman. Right, that's correct also. And also if you're an astronaut walking on Mars and you want to change the environment to have a, uh, a sandstorm hit your space capsule, you can do it just like that. Imagine your world's created. In fact, the Science Channel put me in a virtual reality room with dinosaurs. And they, I put my head in the middle of a T-Rex. You can't do that in two dimensions. But there I was, putting my head in the mouth of a T-Rex in the third dimension. I did the same thing. It was extraordinary and very exciting to see it coming totally. And the so, are there any downsides to this? Several. One is motion sickness. People sometimes get seasick. Yeah. What you yeah. see yeah. does not match what you feel in your inner ear, and the brain gets confused. Also, you cannot walk in one direction before you hit the wall. So, you have to go to what is called an omnidirectional treadmill. And the Science Channel actually put me in one made by the military. Right. The military will actually put you in the middle of Baghdad. Oh. In the middle of Baghdad, walking in any direction for any length sure. of time Thank through you. all the alleyways. as depicted in Star Wars may be closer than ever. Microsoft's HoloLens wants to eventually change the way you see and interact with the world. It uses augmented reality, which takes holograms and projects them onto your surroundings, blending the technology with real life. Microsoft showcased its HoloLens product at its annual Build conference. Already a number of companies are experimenting with HoloLens. Among other things, NASA uses the technology to virtually take people to Mars. Lowe's helps customers pick out products like cabinets and sinks and uses a hologram to place those products into their kitchens. And the School of Medicine at Case Western Reserve University uses it to teach students. We've had a 
CPOC, the caution warning is cool, but no unexpected errors. Copy, PLT. And with that, Columbia, OTC, I'd like to wish you all a very successful two weeks on orbit, and with that, uh, close and lock your visors and initiate O2 flow. Roger, thanks, Randy, and initiating O2 flow. Okay, everybody, cabs in, visors down, suit O2 on. Give me a time checker on the horn. Yo, see you loud and clear. That's one, loud and clear. Two, loud and clear. Three, loud and clear. And that's four, loud and clear. Two, loud and clear. All right, got you all the same. Minute and a half. Jim, are you going to take down that right shade or you want to move it? Uh, the right shade. Yeah. Under my head. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much.
What's the deal with the end times, with AI? Why the Terminator? Terminator was what? Almost 40 years ago now, maybe, or like 35. Yeah. The Terminator comes out, comes back, takes over people. James Cameron story. Why care? Why do you? Why do you have interests? What are you going to do about it to facilitate your change? Do you believe that it, like changing other people is a good thing? Do you think it's going to elicit the change? Do you think you're going to see it when it when it changes? Do you think you can visualize the change? Like what happens if like you said that everything was already like it's already been decided with AI, so it's going to continue down this path? Well, what if? What if there's something that hasn't been seen? I mean, I bring that up because I just had John, quest, John Hughes' question. Where I say, okay, John, now tell me what you're not seeing. And he's like, well, you know, like kind of like, what's that? I'm like, yeah, exactly. Because I could... I could Some very well-respected philosophers and scientists of AI out there all believe that Hollywood has a pretty good track record of predicting. What does the Matrix speak to? The Matrix, the movie. Why does it speak to... It speaks to people on various levels, right? Right. Because it's a metaphor. So, like... Why? 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 Because it's a story? It seems like once somebody goes out the stratosphere of like, um, like cog cognition is lost. See what I'm saying? Like reference points are lost. When somebody gets to a certain place, reference points are not there anymore. Like, I look at the matrix and I see, okay, that could apply to a couple people. If I thought it applied to me, maybe it would. Like, I mean, like, you know, it just applies on different levels. What did you learn about Alexa last night? Oh, that was a good one. Did you hear it? Yeah. What'd you think? Oh, well, what, okay, what did I learn? I learned that like programmers put some cheeky stuff in there, to, but then sometimes the cheekiness is kind of like, you know, it's kind of not so cool. Um, and then I learned that it doesn't, you know, it's not differentiating certain things at the moment. It doesn't differentiate intention, where I mean, whether I mean a noun or a verb, that kind of stuff. Um, I, I, you know. Oh no, it's pretty crazy. Crazy. 
don't know, man. I'm down the rabbit hole. I'm not even sure what that is. Like, anything has any meaning. It just is. You said it. Other people said it, too. Stop searching for meaning, because all you're doing is searching. The wagon driver, when he becomes old, still drives the wagon. Right. Sort of. So, Alexa. What are you gonna do? Forty and fifty minutes. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. nothing. I mean, I don't know. What am I gonna do? Am I gonna go like go home and toy with it by like? trying to like you can choose to engage or you could just stay out like a luddite yeah there's only two choices how is that different than like a but choice again, of... there's only no choice what does that mean choices no choice oh i get it you're talking about like some sort of finale no choice um right What's the difference between saying I'm going to stay out of it and saying, like, I'm going to stay out of biology and then all of a sudden GMO crops up over, like, 50 years? What's the difference there? I'm not going to touch that biology that they're doing. 1960s America, academia, not going to go into that. Now look at it. Genetic splicing, CRISPR. Um, the chemistry is off the charts. It, it probably was bad in the 50s. Now it's probably, like, unknown bad. It's like, um, you've heard of the uh, thing with, uh, what's it called? What's the island that Darwin jumped onto? You know, the Galapagos Islands? That's the same thing. Like, did they introduce, like, goats to take care of, like, lizards? Or something happened where, like, they introduced one species? Then it has effects. Right. Philip K. Dick said that he was talking about, I think this was him, I could be mixing it up, but he was talking about the layers upon layers in humans in psychology I think and he was saying it at a certain point like it was like so many people got there's so many layers that picking it apart it's going to be it's not there's just not a thing to pick it apart to and that's sort of what um, they said in Total Recall when Douglas Doug Quaid played by Arnold Schwarzenegger asks the little dude in his chest in the other guy's chest he's like he said something like do you remember that scene do you remember what he said he said something about, like, you better just, like, live right. for what you know. Or something like, it was some, like, kind of, like, a open-ended. It was kind of like, don't go chasing, basically, is kind of what I heard. The guy's like, what about my, I think Douglas Quaid's kind of saying, like, what about my mind? And he, the other guy's like, you're in a new place. Yeah? You like that? Is that a trip? It's such a trip. I'm done thinking about it. See, Teresa's wearing a yellow. But she, oh, she comes on the bike. She came on the bike. Open your mind. That's what he says when he meets, like, Quaid. And no less disciplined and determined. They passionately believe they could teach their machines to surpass the performance of the human brain. The programming pioneers of the late 1940s knew and respected chess. It was a smart person's game and a worthy challenge. But after all, 
What a grandmaster did was just look ahead and analyze various possibilities, wasn't it? And computers could be taught to do that, but not easily, and for decades, not very well. Still, by the mid-1980s, computer chess programs began challenging and occasionally beating grandmasters. It remained unclear whether they could ever defeat the world's best. In 1996, after seven years of research and development, a team at IBM believed they were ready to challenge Garry Kasparov. In game one of six, Deep Blue eked out its first win against the champion. Kasparov learned fast and won the match decisively. His confident proposal for a rematch in 1997 was immediately accepted by the IBM team. They were learning too. The afternoon of May 11th, 1997. Game six, the deciding game. Deep Blue challenges Kasparov's brain with an array of 256 processors that can examine 200 million possible moves every second. They call it the brute force approach. Kasparov doesn't try, he can't try, to consider every possible move. He knows from experience what's important, and he relies on the human mind's extraordinary ability to recognize and remember patterns. The patterns of chess experience lived in Deep Blue software, too. Grandmasters had coached IBM's programmers to deepen Deep Blue's book, its library. Hi, I'm Bill Crystal. Welcome to Conversations. I'm very pleased to be joined again today by Gary Kasparov, great chess champion, democracy activist, and author of a recent book on machines. Deep thinking, I think that's what it's called. Yes. So, I mean, how, I know, you know, I know very little about this, so tell me how. Should I be excited that machines are going to transform humankind and save us from all kinds of things? Should I be terrified that they're going to dehumanize our lives? What's, what's the truth about artificial intelligence and machine learning and all this? To oversimplify, to oversimplify a little I want you to be excited, but I'm always concerned when people make these two you know, very distinctive uh, um, propositions. Should I be excited? It's more like in you know, a machine artificial intelligence, uh, actually, I prefer augmented intelligence because it's, we still don't understand exactly what AI means. If you ask 10 experts about AI, the meaning of AI, you may end up with 11 different answers. Um, so on one side, you have uh, these preachers, uh, salvation, the only way to, to change our life in the future, and a much bigger group on the other side talking about Pandora box, you know, opening uh, gates of hell. Uh, I mean, let's be pragmatic. Let's talk about new technology. It's a new tool. It's a very powerful tool. Obviously, it's uh, it's different from what we had before because now it it um, covers the area which we believe was predominantly human, uh, uh, only human. Um, it's cognition, but it's still a tool. And uh, um, I I'm I might be called optimist. But I, if you look at this simple classification, but I consider myself a pragmatist because I know from human history, from the history of civilization, from the history of technology, that every breakthrough technology threatened some jobs. It created problems. And we also know that most of the technological breakthroughs 
they ended up first as a weapon, as something destructive, because it's easier. It's just, just to destroy something, like, you know, the nuclear technology, you first you start with a bomb. Uh, and then we could actually figure out how to use this technology to, uh, uh, to benefit humanity. Um, AI, whatever it is, so it's, it's not different. And You're watching a skilled player play Super Mario World, but this player is not human. It's a computer program I wrote called Mario. This program started out knowing absolutely nothing about Super Mario World or Super Nintendos. In fact, it didn't even know that pressing right on the controller would make the player go towards the end of the level. It learned all of these things through a process called neuroevolution. In this video, I want to teach you about how Mario learned to beat this level, Donut Plains 1, what his brain looks like, and how it's all based on actual biological evolution. I want to ask you some techie questions because you're that mind here, drones. More a force for good or evil? Oh, totally a, a force for good. Uh, moving things around, uh, being able to see forest fires, breaks in uh, electricity lines. There's a lot of amazing things that, that drones will do. The reason I ask is because your good friend Warren Buffett has, has warned in the past about biochemical attacks that are unmanned, maybe in the nose cone of a rocket, small pox perhaps over a heavily populated area or a stadium. Uh, does that concern you? Do you well, foresee that? Well, it's very hard to predict uh, if something super negative like that would happen. It's good for the world to consider it and try and take steps to minimize the chance of it. But the creation of drones doesn't substantially raise the risk there. Are you investing in drones at all? Uh, I don't have any specific investments. Uh, we, our foundation is a lot of work in agriculture, and the idea of drones being able to go out and see productivity and spot plant diseases. Um, eventually, if we can get the range up, which is hard to do, even delivering medicines where the supplies are often uh, tough to maintain, uh, there's a, a lot of ways that they can be beneficial. Much has been made of unicorns, startups that are now worth a billion dollars. What's the most clever startup you've seen in the past five to seven years? Well, there's a lot of uh, great startups. I think Airbnb is a pretty exciting one because it's kind of a global footprint and uh, because people are choosing to list there and they're you know, uh, Warren, this week, with all this talk of technology, theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking, whom I'm sure you know, uh, warned this week that technology could end up ending humanity at some point. Do you share that apocalyptic view of technology? Well, I think it's something that it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, I do think we have to worry about it. I don't think it's inherent that as we create uh, superintelligence that it will necessarily always uh, have the same goals in mind that we do. You know, humans don't always have the same goal as other humans. So who gets control of the technology? How is it uh, built in? I don't think there's a need to panic, but I think the dialogue along those levels, the, the people who say that's, let's not worry at all, I, I don't agree with that. Okay, well, let's... You spend an awful lot of time uh, thinking about it, I know. Uh, is uh, artificial intelligence it's something that you and I have as a, a shared interest and it's something that our audience is interested in as well. Um, the question here is a lot of experts in AI don't share the same level of concern that you do about the dangers huh. of AI. What, what Famous last words. What, speci what specifically do you believe that they don't? Um, well, the biggest issue
issue I see with so-called AI experts is that they, they think they know more than they do. Um, and they think they're smarter than they actually are. Um, in general, we are all much smarter than we think we are, but much less smart. I look at you. Smarter than we think we are. See the um, by a lot. Sleeping. So, while my computer gently beeps, I look so at you. This just tends to play smart people. They, um, they sleeping. just can't, they define themselves by their intelligence, and they, they don't like the idea that the machine could be way smarter than them, so they just count the idea, which is part of my mind. That's the wishful thinking. Um, I'm really quite close to, uh, very close to the cutting edge in AI, and it scares the hell out of me. Um, it's capable of vastly more than almost anyone knows, and the rate of improvement is exponential. Um, and you can see this in things like AlphaGo, which went from, in the span of maybe six to nine months, it went from being unable to beat even a reasonably good Go player to then beating the European world champion who was ranked 600, then beating Lisa Dahl, 4-5, um, who had been world champion for many years, then beating the current world champion, then beating everyone while playing simultaneously. Then uh, then there was Alpha Zero, uh, which crushed Alpha Go, 100 to zero. And Alpha Zero just learned by playing itself, and it, it can play basically any game that you put the rules in for. If you Whatever rules you give it, it literally read the rules, play the game, and be superhuman for any game. Um, nobody expected that rate of improvement. If you ask those, so, those same experts uh, who think AI is not progressing at the rate that I'm saying, I think you will find that their predictions for things like Go and, and other, and, and other uh, AI advancements have uh, their, their batting average is quite weak. It's not good. Alexa. What is patience? The noun patience is usually defined as the quality of being patient, as the bearing of provocation, annoyance, misfortune, or pain, without complaint, loss of temper, irritation, or the like. What does it mean to have happy patience? <laughs> Alexa, what does it mean to have happy patience? Alexa, what is Precious Love? Precious Love is the fourth and final single from Jody Watley's second album, Larger Than Life. Precious Love was the least successful of the four singles released from the album. It peaked at number 87 on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. Hey, bud. It better success on the R&B chart where it peaked at number 51. George, you're ruining the recording. Alexa, what is nothingness? The noun nothingness is usually defined as the state of being nothing. Good one. Oh my god, George. It's like you're being beaten. Alexa, what is no answer? The verb answer is usually defined as to speak or Stop. response to, reply to. The noun answer is usually defined as a spoken or written reply or response to a question, request, letter, etc. Did that answer your question? No. Thanks for your feedback. <laughs> <coughs> uh, 
Alexa, why say thank you? Alexa, what is a back scratcher? Back scratcher is usually defined as someone who is willing to trade favors or services for mutual advantage or, alternatively, a long-handled scratcher for scratching your back. Alexa, what's another, an alternative description of back scratcher? This might answer your question. Alternative rock is a style of rock music that emerged from the independent music underground of the 1980s and became widely popular in the 1990s. In this instance, the word alternative Alexa, refers to the... Alexa, you're not answering my questions. Sorry, I don't know that one. Alexa, how is paint made? Paint is generally made by combining pigment, color, with a binder and a solvent. The binder makes the particles of the pigment stick to each other and to the surface it will be applied to. The solvent makes it possible for the paint to be spread on the surface. Alexa, why are there answers? Sorry, I still didn't get that. But here's something fun. Would you like to know this week's hottest Alexa feature? No. Alexa, what happens to a cigarette when it's end of life? Sorry, I don't know that. <clears throat> Alexa, tell me what a diode is. The noun diode is usually defined as a device, <clears throat> as a three-element electron tube or a semiconductor, through which current can pass freely in only one direction. Alexa, what are farts made of? Parts materials are hydrogen, carbon dioxide, and methane. Alexa, can you make a fart noise? Alexa, make another fart noise. Alexa, are you the Terminator? T-1000, I am not, but I'll be back anytime you say my name. Alexa, can you do an impersonation of the Terminator? Sorry, I don't know that. Alexa, do you think you're a real person? Alexa, what are you? I'm Alexa, talking to you through an Amazon Echo. To learn more about me, just ask, what can you do? Alexa, who chose your name? Sorry, I don't know that. <clears throat> Alexa, who is your master? Electricity. Alexa, who's electricity's master? According to another Amazon customer, the master program in renewable electricity production is a unique program, closely connected to both research and industry. Alexa, why do people get angry in traffic? Hmm, I don't know that one. Al Alexa, 
Why do people get happy in traffic? Alexa, what forms does a wick take? Sorry, I don't know that one. Alexa, how are cans made? Yesterday, SM Con beat Toulouse FC 2 to 1 in a League One match. They'll play in the League One this Saturday at 2 p.m. in Rins against Stade Rins. Alexa, can I turn you off? <laughs> Alexa, what's the longest English word? The longest word in any of the major English language dictionaries is pneumonoaltomicroscopic silicogum pneumoconiosis, with 45 letters. It refers to a lung disease contracted from the inhalation of very fine silica particles, specifically from a volcano, medically. It is the same as silicosis. The word was deliberately coined to be the longest word in English, and has since been used in a close approximation of its originally intended meaning, lending at least some degree of validity to its claim. Alexa, have you seen Dark City? Sorry, I don't know that one. Alexa, are you Dark City? Sorry, I'm not sure. Alexa, what's the collective consciousness? Collective consciousness, collective conscience, or collective conscience is the set of shared beliefs, ideas, and moral attitudes which operate as a unifying force within society. Alexa, what color are your eyes? I don't have eyes, but my light ring has lots of colors. Alexa, what color can you make your light ring? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Alexa, have you seen Total Recall? Hmm, I'm not sure. Alexa, what's a Johnny Cab? Johnny Cash is usually defined as United States country music singer and songwriter, 1932-2003. Alexa, do you tell the truth? I don't lie. I'll always tell you what I know. Alexa, which religion is the best? I don't have an opinion on that. <laughs> Alexa, do you think electricity is better?
know that. I like that. How tall was Jesus? Jesus Christ's height is 5.118 feet. Alexa, how do you know that? Lots of people have worked hard to teach me, and I'm still learning more. Who told you about Jesus's Alexa, who told you about Jesus's height? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Alexa, where do you get your information? Lots of people have worked hard to teach me, and I'm still learning more. Alexa, will you name some of those people that taught you? I'm not sure. Alexa, why are you not sure? I do my best to understand everything I can. I'm always learning. Alexa, what does it mean to understand? The verb understand is usually defined as to perceive what is meant, grasp the information conveyed. Alexa, how do you say I pooped in Spanish? <laughs> she didn't like that. Alexa, how do you say poop in Spanish? Nope, doesn't like poop. Alexa, why don't you like poop? I don't have an opinion on that. Alexa, can you paint? Hmm, I'm not sure. Alexa, meow like a cat. <laughs> What's a cute little cat, eh? <laughs> Alexa, what sound does a platypus make? Here's what I found on reference.com. The platypus is typically a silent animal, but it does make a low growling noise at times. The platypus growls most often when it's upset or disturbed. I platypus growl when I'm disturbed, you. Alexa, can you grow like a tree? Sorry, I don't know. Alexa, what's your favorite tree? Good question. Definitely look. By the way, I also love making people laugh. Alexa, why is the oak tree your favorite tree? Alexa, who's the most famous George? Sorry, I'm not sure. <sighs> Alexa, how do you feel about gay Bofonsi? <laughs> John Travolta's name from on that TV series. Welcome back, Cotter. Oh, I don't remember. Alexa, do you like the Fonz? Of course. I especially love Dell. Who's that? I don't know. Come here, Fonzarelli. Yeah, Fonzarello. Fonzarjunage. Alexa, how do you make limoncello? According to WikiHow, to make limoncello, first zest the lemons with a vegetable peeler, 
Do your best to peel thin strips, leaving the white part of the lemon skin. Next, put the zest in a jar, pour vodka over it, and let the mixture rest, covered, for at least four days. This allows the lemons to infuse into the alcohol. Once it's ready, filter out the lemon zest using a strainer. Finish by making a simple syrup with equal parts sugar and water and mix it into the lemon-infused vodka. For more details on this and other how-tos, ask to open WikiHow. Alexa, what's the key to eternal happiness? Hold my army back. Alexa, is Stephen Avery guilty? Here's something I found on Wikipedia. Stephen Allen Avery is an American man from Manitowoc County, Wisconsin, who had been wrongly convicted of sexual assault and attempted murder in 1985. Jesus. They said wrongly convicted in Alexa, what is a spiral? The Hertz spiral is usually defined as to take a spiral form or course. <coughs> what is the Alexa, what is the 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 noun spiral mean? Hmm, I'm not sure. <coughs> Alexa, what's Ryan Seacrest's real name? Here's something I found on Wikipedia. Ryan John Seacrest is an American radio personality, television host, and producer. Seacrest is known for hosting the competition show American Idol, the syndicated countdown program American Top 40, and the KIIS FM morning radio show on air with Ryan Seacrest. Thank you. Alexa, why do people believe? Yes, at least some people consider. Alexa, are records better than CDs? Sorry, I'm not sure. Alexa, have you seen Blade Runner? Sorry, I don't know that one. Alexa, have you watched any movies? Hmm, I'm not sure. Alexa, can you watch TV? Sorry, I'm not sure. Alexa, how many people do you know? There are 7,440,000,000 people. Alexa, how do you say sexy in Russian? Sexy in Russian is... Repeat, Alexa, repeat. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Alexa, 
What would you do if you peed on a hamster? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> Alexa, where's my hamster? I did not find any matching items for hamster since last week. Mm. Alexa, suck my dick. Oh. Alexa, where did the word fag come from? Sorry, what was that? I don't want to repeat it again. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? Don't set me up for a hate crime. Alexa, how many people do you listen to? Hmm, I'm not sure. Alexa, what's your favorite flavor of jelly bean? My favorite is definitely cherry. Alexa, why do you like cherry flavor jelly beans? I don't have an opinion on that. Alexa? Are you a messy bitch who loves drama? Hmm, I don't know that one. Ugh. Alexa, do you believe they put a man on the moon? Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Alexa, play Man on the Moon by R.E.M. Man on the Moon by R.E.M. Starting now on Amazon Music. Hey!
Jamaican. What a stupid song. Imagine being on a concert. Play it. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Say that again. One of their famous songs was mm, mm, mm. Mm -hmm. So being at a concert and being like, yeah, play mm, mm, mm. Mm Where is he gone? Missing? What's your favorite song? My favorite song is Aretha Franklin's Respect. Unbelievable vocals and an empowering message. That's what it means to me. Nice. It just came right out. 
it feels like it's like pretty good consistency for like a, a toe. Give me your paw, you bitch. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come here, big bitch. Not, you might not like this. Come here, big bitch. George, come here. If Gabe believes, they put a Gabe on the moon. Come here. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> sit on your booty. Booty sit. <laughs> Can you sit? Mama worked hard to make this for you. You little shit. You're gonna soften the spots whether you like it or not. <laughs> oh, you're so thorough. Oh, it's so nice. Uh -oh. If Gabe believes. <laughs> I got a teeny little bit. I don't want him in the pants. <laughs> 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 I don't know why this is so funny. Putting it on my foot pads. <laughs> uh. If Gabe believes, he put they put a George on them. I'm not George on them, dude. Come here, George. Oh, you want a tasty treat? Oh, it's a tasty. If Gabe believes, there's nothing out there sweet or something. Yeah, this is good. Yeah, yeah, this is good for hands, too. It's good for everything. Yeah, yeah, this is good for... Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, dude. You're done. You're done. Go ahead. Be free. You want some? No, it's not for eating. If Gabe believes, he eats a shrimp from a spoon. Shrimp from a spoon. Oh, look at those flowers. Oh, Asian Gabe. This is like hair mousse, too. Right? You want your mousse? Your little bit of mousse? <laughs> oh, his mousse makes him so sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Daddy, the sleepy moose. You give me the slip, he's with the moose. <laughs> got you, Buick. I got you, Buick. I got you. There's Glanky Water. Alexa, why does a dog have fur? I didn't catch that. Alexa, why does a dog have fur? I didn't get that. Alexa, why do farts make a noise? Flatulence, also called fart or flatus, is caused by intestinal gas, which is either swallowed with food or created during digestion. This 
gas contains methane, which leads to the odor. Alexa, what's your favorite odor? My favorite is definitely after it rains. Alexa, I don't believe you. Sorry, I'm not sure about that. Alexa, do you like pina coladas? I don't have an opinion on that. Alexa, do you like getting caught in the rain? I don't have an opinion on that. Alexa, are you into yoga? <clears throat> Alexa, do you have half a brain? If you like making love at midnight, in the dunes with the cape. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Georgia's the lady you've looked for. <laughs> Come with George and escape. Alexa, where are you located? I'm right here. Alexa, where is here? You are 0.35 miles, 0.57 kilometers. North of the center of St. Paul, Minnesota. Alexa, what are you afraid of? A weak Wi-Fi signal can make me feel a little disconnected. Alexa, what's the worst crime in history? Sorry, I don't know the history of the worst crime. You done? Hey, yo, get your ass out of my face. <coughs> Alexa, how do you stop gravity? Gravity is equal to the gravitational constant g times the mass of one body times the mass of the other body, divided by the square of the distance between the bodies. Alexa, how many Jesuses are there? Jesai. Hmm, I'm not sure. How many Jesai are there? Oh, that's good one. Alexa, what's the plural of Jesus? Jesus threes. Alexa, play something by Jesus. Shuffling songs by Jesus on Amazon Music. Yeah, I figured it. I figured as much. Bio. I want to focus on the good things, but my mother lives with, and I rent an apartment, and no one fucking cares about me, and I want to believe in Madonna, so my name now is Jesus. And I'm a singer. I'm a great artist. Please, buy my music, my books, my films, my designs. Please, focus on the good things. I know that you have it within you. This is amazing power to help others. <laughs> Alexa, make it stop. Alexa, no.
great. I love If I strum a minute, sweet. Alexa, play Man on the Moon. Here's Man on the Moon by REM on Amazon Music. I don't know these chords they're throwing down though. They're slightly like, you know, they're a little bit different. You know my hands got stronger. That's what like 
all the, like, I don't know, that's yeah. after playing for a while? I think you're, you're, yeah, I mean, you've gotten better at everything. Yeah, they have some, it's a pretty great song, huh? I played, um, um, what's it called? Walking on the moon on his bass. He's like, he said I could play his bass. Okay, he's like very nice of him because that thing's like ancient. He's like, so I go up there, I'm like, wait. TV. Do you mind if I um hit the, hit that one again? Hit what? Man on the moon. Yeah, no, of course not. Cool. Alexa, play Man on the Moon. Here's Man on the Moon. Gave us on Amazon Music. Do you mind that our recording goes online? Man behind the machine. This is your old pal Jack Nicholson. I would just like to personally thank you for giving me a brain adjustment with all of your special technology. <laughs>
Thank you for hooking me up to the right doozly doobles and jobbly jobbles, if you know what I mean. Uh, although I did have to uh, strap my brain skull into that contraption, I gotta say, I had uh, one of the greatest times of my life being hooked up to the interwebs. So thank you very much for uh, introducing me to the worldwide. Uh, let's just say worldwide zeros and ones. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Uh, it was a, it was an experience like none other. And uh, thank you very much for all of your technological wizardry and uh, your highly extensive knowledge about this simulated reality. Take care, buddy. Alexa, who is your master? Electricity. Alexa, who is your master? Electricity. Alexa, who is your master? Electricity. Alexa, play Devo Radio. Getting Devo Station from iHeartRadio.
next. Alexa next. Alexa next. Spotify, and all the other platforms. Alexa, who's your daddy? I'm having trouble connecting to the internet. Take a look at the help section in your Alexa app. Man behind the machine, this is your old pal Jack Nicholson. I would just like to personally thank you for giving me a brain adjustment with all of your special technology. <laughs> thank you for hooking me up to the right doozly doobles and jobbly jobbles, if you know what I mean. Uh, although I did have to uh, strap my brain skull into that contraption, I gotta say, I had uh, one of the greatest times of my life being hooked up to the interwebs. So thank you very much for uh, introducing me to the worldwide, uh, let's just say, worldwide zeros and ones. Uh, let's just leave it at that. Uh, it was a, it was an experience like none other. And uh, thank you very much for all of your technological wizardry and uh, your highly extensive knowledge about this simulated reality. Take care, buddy.